This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Maybe Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith have it figured out hmm. with their interesting marriage situation. That's a big maybe. They've been separated six years, we now know. Um, but they still are married. Will's still supporting Jada, showing up at events uh, for her her book promotion tour that she's doing right now. And they say they still love each other, even though they're separated. And we now know there's another celebrity out there who has a similar arrangement with her husband. Hmm. Meryl Streep. <laughs> All-time really? great actress Meryl Streep. Hmm. Her and her husband, Don Gummer, announced on Friday that they've been separated for six years as well. What? <laughs> Statement says, well, they will always take care for each other. They have chosen lives apart. Meryl was spotted on Friday in Spain wearing her wedding band. They've been married 45 years, have four adult children and five grandchildren, but they are living separate lives now. Wow. You know... Whatever works for you. But, I mean, her entire life, too. She must have been gone for months at a time. Like, yeah. how much time did they have they even spent together at all their entire life? 45 years is a long time. I, I kind of can understand how you get to a point where you've already said everything you need to say. And it's different for rich people, too, right? But that's why it should be easier. Your house is so big you wouldn't even have to see them. Like, why are you living separately? Because you live in you have the state. money to do whatever you want, both of you. So go off and do it. Sure, sure. But are they, so they're just at a point where they they no longer want to see or talk to each other, but they also don't <laughs> want to start another relationship. Is that just what's but going I on? I think they do talk to each other and see each other, but just not. They don't want to do it a lot. You don't have to do it every day. Check in every two months. Yeah, <laughs> make sure they're still and, alive, and then you'll have something to say to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? It is. It is kind of tough. And I know you're newly married, Jim, but when you come home every day and your wife is expecting you to tell tell her some sort of interesting story about what happened that day, and it's like nothing really happened, you know, and then she gets yeah. mad at you two weeks later when she hears a story about something that did happen. Well, why didn't you tell me that two weeks ago? Say, <laughs> like, well, I forgot. I didn't I did, yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah. Well, it was a big deal, and I'm glad you, everyone else knows about it, and I don't. So after 45 <laughs> years of like that. <laughs> I'm hoping it's more like a, like a dog where you come home and you don't have to say anything. They're just mm. there, and they're company, and you don't have to talk. Good luck. <laughs> Or she can talk and I won't talk. That's how I like it. Well, she you can, also she'll you talk. also have to listen. Yeah. Well, she, no, I just nod my head. Like she, as long as she thinks I'm listening. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that's it. So but as long then, as she sounds like he's not a good listener. But then when she brings something up a couple weeks later, and you're like, "Oh, really?" And she's like, "Yeah, I told you that two weeks ago. Weren't you listening?" And you're in trouble. Forty five years of that, Jim. You yeah. maybe. Uh, Singing a different song here. Uh, we got to pull a Meryl Streep. <laughs> the Taz and Jim Podcast. It's October 23rd, 2023. Did you know October 23rd is National Slap Your Annoying Coworker Day? Huh. Heads up, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> ah! I had to get it in there before you got it in there. <laughs> Ow! 
<laughs> now, just uh, a disclaimer. I don't believe that this is uh, a holiday that is recognized by HR departments or the police. Yes. So don't actually slap your coworkers unless you're ready to face the consequences. Mm-hmm. We don't recommend it. What we do recommend is you could passive aggressively, uh, aggressively make up a nickname to call your coworkers behind their backs. Yeah, yeah. Instead. Especially if it, yeah, like you said, doesn't sound aggressive when you just say the nickname. A sneaky nickname of sorts. This is something that we saw on social media. It made us laugh, Jim. This guy has some some great coworker nicknames and explanations. Yeah, his name is Joystick World on Instagram. He put this video out. Nicknames that you can call your coworkers. The first one is Kit Kat, because they always need a break. And then Justin, because they do just enough to not get fired. (laughs) Then there's Motion Light, because they only work when they see someone. I like that one. E.T., just want to go home. And then everybody knows Blister, they only show up when the work's all done. And then there's Foreskin, because... When things get hard, they disappear. <laughs> <laughs> All classics. <laughs> I don't know if that last one you can sneakily get away with calling a coworker. Yeah, by the way, that one. That one they still may uh, they still may complain about. Yeah, hard to interpret it as anything <laughs> other than an insult. And it's funny though because this guy he posted the 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 video of him with the, all these nicknames. And then all these people in the comment section start coming up with other great nicknames that are kind of along that same line. You got some there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the nickname MasterCard, person who takes credit for everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. This one's an acronym, so Zeus. Zeus. Zero effort unless supervised. Pretty similar to Motion Light, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Burger King, this employee always wants it their way. Uh, Cookie, Cookie always shows up baked. <laughs> speed bump the co-worker speed bump they always just slow everybody down and this one not as good TikTok TikTok is just the the one for the kid who's always making videos on his phone while working so not right. as clever but I bet you there's a lot of older people calling kids TikToks these days there's there's always at least one guy in the office or on the job site, who has a nickname he didn't give himself, and maybe he doesn't even know he has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you've got one of those nicknames you want to share with us, let us know what it is. One eight three three eight two nine six five four six is our number. You can call or text anytime during the show. One eight three three Taz and Jim. National Slap Your Coworker Day today. If you don't want to get fired, uh, instead of slapping a coworker, you can just give them a sneaky nickname <laughs> to call them behind their back. Uh, for example, Jim, we heard some good ones from a, a video that was posted on social media. Yeah, motion light. <laughs> they only work one. when they see somebody. <laughs> <laughs> And we're getting some great uh, coworker nicknames sent to us from Taz and Jim listeners. What are some of the text messages? Lantern, the nickname Lantern, because they're not too bright and always need to be carried. Uh, <laughs> Edward Pocket Hands, that's just somebody who walks around all the time with their hands in their pockets, not working. Edward Pocket that Hands. That used to bug my dad so much if your hands were ever in your pocket. 
on the job site, oh man, it would drive him crazy. Pothole is another nickname. Someone everyone wants to avoid. <laughs> and Luke Sightwalker, because all they do is walk around the job site all day. Luke Sightwalker. We call a guy Goldfish because he forgets everything 10 seconds after you tell him. <laughs> Our nickname for a guy is 007. That's zero skills, zero motivation, seven bathroom breaks. <laughs> 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 Here we comes were, 007. We worked with a guy called Two Stroke. Two Stroke, slow to get going and always smoking. <laughs> uh, we have a guy on site that we nicknamed Pokeroo because sometimes you see him, sometimes yeah. you don't. Uh, there's another one in that vein too. We call a guy Willie, as in, will he show up for work today? <laughs> Uh, this one's a little, uh, this one's a little clever and very specific. We have a guy named Ron, but we call him Mo because he's a Moron. <laughs> Mo Moron, I don't know. So you need to be named Ron yeah, for very, that one to work. That one's very specific. Mo Ron. <laughs> the Taz and Jim Podcast. And we need to acknowledge the death of a, uh, a pioneer. It's always interesting when someone is the first to do or invent something that becomes part of our lexicon, you know, something that is is just commonplace now. And over the weekend, we found out that the first person to ever bungee jump hmm. passed away. First person ever to tie a, an elastic to themselves and jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much sounded recreated, yeah. Now, yeah, I guess like elastic has only been invented for so long, but I, I just feel like people have been jumping off bridges with ropes tied to them for <laughs> decades, centuries perhaps. Well, the first ever known bungee jump happened back in the 1970s. There is a uh, man called David Kirk. Uh, he and his friends uh, went to Oxford, and they started a group called the Dangerous Sports Club. So April Fool's Day, 1979, they finally decided to do it. They tied together some elastic ropes used to stop planes on aircraft carriers. Oh, okay. And they jumped from a 250-foot bridge in England. Four of them Ended up jumping, but David was the first. How angry would you be if you were David? Listen to this. So he jumps off the bridge. He's got a, a tuxedo on with a top hat. He's holding a bottle of champagne as he jumps. There's a really cool picture of him as he's falling backwards, looking all dapper. But the plan was for all four of them to jump at the same time. Oh. So they did the... Three, two, one, go. David was the only one who actually had the stones to do it. Hmm. He jumped. Everyone else waited to see if he was okay. <laughs> That's pretty devious. It's <laughs> that's a, that's a dirty move. Yeah. <laughs> I they mean, saw him bouncing around screaming, woo! Yeah. decided to join in the fun. He's obviously the guy. They must have known he would be the guy to go because there's the you know who the wild man of each group is. Yeah. So he must have been that guy. I mean, I've I've done the same thing, jumping into a cold lake or a cold pool with your sure, but your often friend. not like, jump three, to their two, death, one. right? <laughs> their but, potential death. Yeah, I, that's you're waiting to find out how cold it is. It's not yeah. you're waiting to see if they die. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of his said, uh, "Quote David." 
created a high bar for stretching imagination and adventure, adding that David would have been shocked to find out that he had passed away peacefully in his own bed. There was yeah. many opportunities he could have gone before that. Honestly, pushed over the Grand Canyon. That's what it should have happened. <laughs> First <laughs> guy. Sent him to the moon, something. <laughs> On the count of three, here we go, David. <laughs> One, two, three. Time for sports with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. October 23rd, 30 years ago, a milestone in Canadian baseball history. One of the best plays ever, one of the best calls in baseball history ever, courtesy of Tom Cheek. Joe has had his moments. Trying to lay off that ball, low to the outside part of the plate, and he just went after one. Two balls and two strikes on him. Here's the pitch on the way, a swing and a belt. Left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. As Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Touch them all, Joe. So uh, Jerry Howarth once talked about that touch them all, Joe part because he was talking to Tom about the call and like, how did that come to your mind to do it? And Tom Cheek was saying he saw the ball was going to go over the fence. He looked down. He saw Joe Carter was jumping up and down. So it was literally him telling him, make sure you touch them all oh, so the home run counts yeah, so that we don't lose the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like just like a really cool thing to say in the yeah. moment. But he was actively trying <laughs> to remind Joe Carter to touch all the bags. Because he would have been out. So he would have had two runs scored, not all three. And Can they wouldn't you have won. imagine? Wow. That is, uh, you know, I remember that moment uh, 30 years ago. I was a much younger man, but in a way it almost seems like longer because the Jays' early 90s had their successes, and there's been a a couple good runs. There's been some optimistic moments since then, but nothing quite like that. Nothing like that. I mean, every now and then you get these debates that happen amongst Blue Jays fans where there are fans who incorrectly say, you know, Jose Batista's bat flip was a bigger home run. Uh, The Roberto Alomar home run in 1992 in Oakland in the ALCS off Dennis Eckersley was a more important home run because they don't get to the World Series because of that. But that home run by Joe Carter is one of the best moments in baseball history, not just Blue Jays history. People have this, you know, reason. See, they try to overthink it uh, uh, sometimes. That is the best moment in Blue Jays history. The Batista bat flip. It didn't even get him in. Like that was almost inconsequential in the long run. It did. It didn't even get him into the finals. They won the series, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it didn't. It didn't win them the World Series. Like this is why people you know, the recency bias. They say, oh, because it, it was a great moment. Don't get me wrong. That whole inning though was kind of the story, right? It wasn't yeah. just the bad flip. The, it was the what crowd. Led- everything was crazy. The tension between the two teams. The physicality of the of the games. And by the way, the Texas Rangers over on Friday night. They were playing the Houston Astros. Uh, they. Had one of their players, you know, hit a huge home run. He throws the bat down. I'm thinking, okay, where's your guys to, you know, where, yeah, where, where's where Odor to punch him next season? I thought you guys hated these bat flips. Now you're bat flipping yourself, yeah. stupid Texas Rangers. 
<laughs> you tell him, <them>, Dan. <laughs> Let's not focus on any team but the Blue Jays on this Fair enough. hallowed anniversary. It's been 30 years since Joe touched them all. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We are Taz and Jim. It's Monday morning. I, I need to take a second, Jim, to uh, thank everyone who came out to a fundraiser that I hosted on Friday night in London, Ontario at the Hunt Club. It was the Bethany's Hope Party 2.0 was the name of it. Okay. It was like a gala dinner, cocktails, and then uh, fundraising through the evening. And it goes to support a rare childhood disease called MLD, which doesn't get a lot of uh, attention from the big pharma companies because it's so rare. And right now they're saying it's incurable. Hmm. Um, But a lot of generous people came out to support the cause. We had things like a fund to need where people would raise their hands and donate $500, $1,000, one guy donated $10,000. Wow. It was pretty awesome. And then, of course, we had the silent auction and the live auction that was going on. Mm-hmm. So live auction, I'm up on stage as the auctioneer. We get through all of the items. We're down to the last one, okay? And, we, you know, we've had uh, dinners, trips, rounds of golf stuff that I've been auctioning off. This is the grand finale. It's a six-month lease on an Alfa Romeo Tonali hmm. from Alfa Romeo London. Fancy. And the folks from Alfa Romeo London come up on stage. They describe the car. There's a big screen. People are looking at pictures. It's a gorgeous ride, right? Uh, valued at over $6,000 for a six-month lease. <laughs> I say, come on, guys. Let's get this one going. This is the last item. This is such a beautiful car, such a great deal. I personally will start the bidding at three thousand uh, dollars. Oh! Do we hear thirty five hundred? Crickets. <laughs> Deafening. Okay, all right. You know, sometimes they like to start slow. So, do we hear thirty two hundred dollars? Would anyone like to bid thirty two hundred dollars? Now, at this point. I'm starting to get a bead of sweat forming at the side of, of my course, head. Of course, yeah. And I say into the microphone, I'm like, are you guys really doing this to me? <laughs> Everyone starts killing themselves. And it was that moment I knew nobody else was going to bid just so I'd get stuck with oh, the item. No. <laughs> I, I also said, all right, I didn't think of this. You guys already have cars, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> you that know? too, eh? It's like everybody already has a vehicle, mostly it's, everybody who's there. It's a wonderful prize. Yes, it was a room full of some people who have some coin. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of nice cars out in the parking lot. However, this is a, like, this is a little, uh, it's like a small SUV, Alfa Romeo, known for their, their, their styling and the quality of product. So I thought for sure. So I finally, last ditch effort, I'm like, do I hear $3,001? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was no minimum inc- or a minimum increment bid. And everyone's just staring at me with big smiles. I'm looking through the crowd and I know that I'm, I'm paying for this thing. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, my wife will be driving an Alfa Romeo no. Tonali for the next six months. 
Holy cow. Where are you going to park it? Like, there's a lot of logistics going on here. We're going to park it in the garage at so, home. But that's three vehicles now that you're going to have to switch around. Uh, I think we're going to have to get rid of one. Hmm. Yeah. That's how they it, get you, huh? It was It was the, uh, you know, in, in terms of getting stuck with something, it's something we actually need. My wife's car is getting rusty. It's getting towards, you know, it's 13 years old. It's getting towards the end of its life. So... It's not a bad thing. Also, talk about bonus points. When I called, because my wife was in Ottawa, and I was here on Friday uh, before I went to go meet them on Saturday. When I told her, oh, by the way, honey, uh, I got you an Alfa Romeo Tonali for the next six months. Like, talk about investing in the emotional bank. I'm good to, you want to do something, Jim? I can, I can go out whatever I want now. <laughs> For the next six yeah, months, you're a free man. You want to go to a hockey game? You want to yeah. go to a concert with me? <laughs> I think my wife is going to be pretty lenient. Sure. <laughs> She's like, do I have to pay for it? I'm like, nope, I already did. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you helped a good cause. And I, yeah. was, I was a little nervous because the ladies, all the volunteers for the Bethany's Hope Foundation, they were laughing their heads off as I came up to the front. And they're like, all right, Taz, uh, how do you want to pay? Uh, you gotta, we have debit, we have credit. And I was a little nervous that my credit card wasn't going to go through. Because yeah. that's a big chunk of change, right? Yeah, yeah. But still a great deal for an Alfa Romeo for six months. Sure. This is what I've been telling myself over and over for the last two days. Well, because everybody was trying to screw you over. But by screwing you over, you actually got a deal, essentially. I got a, a great deal, and I donated to a great cause. Yes. So ultimately, I feel good about it, but I've learned a valuable lesson. Don't do that. <laughs> do not put yourself yeah. on the spot like that, like that unless you're ready to shell out the money. I didn't yeah, think I was going to be, gonna be spending. Yeah, I wanted to be the hot shot and look like I was a wheeler, but... Well, now I'm going to look like one yeah, in yeah. our Alfa Romeo. For six months. <laughs> uh, thank you, Alfa Romeo London. I look forward to uh, bringing in my... They gave me a gift certificate. <laughs> so I've got oh, a, that's how you I've got a gift certificate wow. for an Alfa Romeo t- Tonali <laughs> that I need to take to the dealership sometime this week with my wife. That's going to be fun. And again, thank you to everyone supporting MLD Research at the Bethany's Hope Party on Friday night. It was a lot of fun. The Taz and Jim Podcast. We're getting pretty close to Halloween. Decorations. Have you put your decorations up? None up yet. I think we're going to do that this week. And here's an idea for you. If you want a lot of attention, make it look like there's a skeleton pole dancing (laughs) on your uh, front lawn. This is a discussion going on right now down in the U.S. There's a guy who... Well, he actually did it on city property, which was the big issue. This is in Utah, in his neighborhood on the uh, the street sign at the corner. He may use that pole to make it look like a skeleton was doing some pole dancing, mm-hmm. and he put a, a couple other skeletons in lawn chairs around the pole with dollar bills in their hands. Oh, see, now there. Because <laughs> at first you could say, hey, they're doing pole fitness. Aerobics, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, or, hey, he's wearing a fireman's hat, so it's sliding down the fire pole. <laughs> but with the tippers and pervs row, uh, the city one thing. came by and took a picture, posted it on social media, said, you've got until 5 o'clock tonight to come get your decorations off of city property. And he did it. 
He took it down, but he did go and buy a pole himself to put on his front lawn. <laughs> Just to teach all those neighbors who are complaining a lesson. Yeah, yeah, a lesson about private property rights. He he lit it up now. He's got Motley Crue music playing in the background. Girls, 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 yeah, obviously. Yeah. And people are dropping off more Halloween decorations to support him and to make his front lawn more elaborate. Oh, so they're building out a whole right. nativity scene. For every neighbor <laughs> that complains, there's five neighbors who want to make this thing even more of a showstopper. Interesting. All the different characters will be a skeleton bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, the skeleton strip. Hey, sure, everybody. Yeah. Whoa. Strip club DJ. Yeah, with maybe a jack-o'-lantern DJ. All know, right. Just up a little, yeah. A wolfman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A wolfman's always the DJ, right? Yep. Uh, but I guess it's okay if it's on your own property. There's a, there's a good idea. Now, something you don't want to do, this is another story. Uh, in our country, there is a, uh, a sign that was put up for Halloween fun, but it has been ordered down. Yeah, Vancouver Landfill, Vancouver Island specifically, they had a sign up that said, Halloween special, bodies buried, $5, really deep, $10. Uh, and the locals were not happy, uh, to rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, there were some bodies found in Manitoba in a landfill, right. which people are making yeah. connections to. Now this is Vancouver. And I understand that there is obviously a connection there, but at what point is any murder inappropriate? Like Halloween, it's all murder. It's all skeletons. It's all dead bodies. Right. Murder's never good or acceptable. Like just seeing a tombstone could be triggering. How yeah. long until those get canceled? Yeah, it's, I don't know where the line is because it's all pretty macabre. Well, as of right now, the line is stripper skeletons okay, on city yeah. property. It's when it's city owned or, or, or owned by the town. And offers of burying bodies in your local landfill. That's where the line is now. I guess. There's a chance by next Halloween it'll have moved.